Our text today comes to us from Exodus chapter 14, beginning at verse 10. Hear the word of the Lord. As Pharaoh drew near, the Israelites looked back, and there were the Egyptians advancing on them. In great fear, the Israelites cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you've taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us, bringing us out of Egypt? Is this not the very thing we told you in Egypt? Let us alone, let us serve the Egyptians. For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. But Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm and see the deliverance that the Lord will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you, and you have only to keep still. The word of the Lord. God. Holy God, once again, we've gathered into this place to put our lives in front of your open word, asking that you will allow it to speak to us, even to the deepest, most hidden, protected corners of our hearts. By your spirit alone is that possible. So be gracious to our seeking of your word. We ask it in the name of the word made flesh, Jesus Christ. Amen. Throughout my chapel homilies this fall, I will be following the journey of the Hebrews after they left Egypt on their way through the hard wilderness, journeying to a promised land. Anyone in scripture who is of use to God's holy drama with the world has to spend time in the hard wilderness. Not just Moses, but also Elijah, David, the Apostle Paul, even Jesus has to return to the wilderness. That's because it's on the hard places that we discover faith. And faith is the tool we most need to be of use and of service to God. The previous chapter, Exodus 13, tells us that there were actually two ways to get to the promised land from Egypt. There was a thing called the Way of the Philistines. It was a highway, a trade route that went right along from Egypt, right along the Mediterranean Sea, right to the promised land. It was heavily traveled. There were lots of resources on the road, plenty of water and food. It was the most direct route to take. That's not the route God chose for the Hebrew people. Now, after leaving Egypt, the text says that the Lord led the people south down along a journey that had no resources, that had only threat. And when they got to the expanse of Red Sea, all they saw on the other side was just a whole lot of lonely desert. The ancient people hated the desert wilderness. There were no back to nature movements back then. <laughs> they liked cities, or at least villages, you could die out in the wilderness, and any time you had to be in it, you wanted to get through it as quickly as you possibly could in order to get to someplace safe and fortified. They knew the wilderness was a hard, hard road, a road of adversity. 
it may feel to you that this is a wonderful metaphor for your seminary sojourn. Some of you are new here, two weeks into the journey. You're already out of resources. <laughs> You're wondering if you heard God's call correctly. You've discovered that theological education comes with more adversity than you thought. Or maybe it's just the adversity of being back in a dorm once again. <laughs> Others of you are in your second or third or fourth or fifth year here. And through all the circling years of your journey here, you're, you're wondering if there really is going to be a promised land at the other end of this passage. Why is it that God doesn't ever take the way of the Philistines, the easy street? Why are we always south of where we thought we should be by now? Because God wants you to be free. That's why he brought you out of Egypt in the first place. And there is no easy way to find freedom. It's the purpose of your journey here through theological studies. Frankly, it's the purpose of your journey through life, to learn the freedom that comes only from knowing how to walk with God one day at a time, one manna at a time. You won't find that if you take the way of the Philistines. The Philistines keep promising you shortcuts. The Philistines keep telling you that you're wasting your time trying to study the mind of Christ. You should just study something that's going to help you make a lot of money when you get out of here. Philistines tell you that all you need is to find a soulmate and they'll take care of your loneliness, as if it ever has. Philistines just keep promising one well-worn path after another, saying it will lead you to the right place, but that is not a place that God has promised to give you. God's promised to lead you to a place called freedom. And freedom is never found by getting to your dreams too quickly. Freedom is found from the inside out. As you travel through adversity and difficulty and loneliness and uncertainty, as you are sure that you are way in over your head and you discover that you've had to give up pretty much every other dream for this journey. And the only dream left is that God will be with you one day after another along the way. Freedom's not found by just getting to the right place. You are not free until you discover the sufficiency of God plus nothing. Just God plus nothing. And in that place, when you discover that, you have already found the promised land. God plus nothing. Those are the people who are truly free. No longer chasing after mirages in the desert free with the sufficiency of a God with you along the way. Every freedom story has a beginning. This one begins with the people leaving Egypt on their way to some place that they don't know anything about. They certainly don't know how they're going to get there. 
the very first obstacle they come to is this great Red Sea. And the people complained to Moses. You'll want to get used to hearing that phrase. <laughs> it's going to come up about every homily along the journey. And the people complained. The subtext of all complaint is fear. Fear. Even we can tell that we're south of where we thought we should be. We don't know how we're going to get through the great obstacles that are ahead. And we look over our shoulder, and there is Pharaoh and all of his scary chariots coming for us. And so we complain. The chances are great that you've had some Pharaoh chasing you for a long time. Maybe it's something that you have done or left undone. Maybe it is simply a uh, yearning that has never been satisfied. Maybe it is your anxiety of what this will cost you along the way, or your anxiety of succeeding, surviving even the journey. In the face of all this fear and complaint, it's significant that Moses does not turn around and challenge Pharaoh to a duel. He doesn't take care of the problem for the people like that. Nor does he try to build a bridge across the Red Sea as if he could. No, all that Moses says is, stand firm and you will see the deliverance of the Lord. I love that. When in ministry, you are faced with overwhelming odds and fears and anxiety. As we like to say around here, don't just do something, stand there. <laughs> stand firm and you will see. That's our message. That's what all this theological education is supposed to equip you to be able to say in the midst of your ministry, whatever that ministry is. Day after day, you're going to be called to essentially say, stand firm and see. When people are scared, what they least need from their leader is anxiety. They need to at least lean on your faith. They need to hear you say to them again and again, stand firm and see. Stand firm and see. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.